0: Involve, solve, evolve. Welcome to Cloud Crunch, the podcast for any large enterprise planning on moving to or is in the midst of moving to the cloud. Hosted by the cloud computing experts from Second Watch, Ian Willoughby, Chief Architect Cloud Solutions, and Skip Berry, Executive Director of Cloud Enablement. And now here are your hosts of Cloud Crunch.
1: Welcome back to Cloud Crunch. Uh, I'm joined today with my co-host Skip Barry. Welcome back, Skip. Hey, thanks for having me again, Ian. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. I got to be honest with you, I'm very excited about this episode for many reasons. And you'll figure out why in a second. Most people today are familiar with the basic benefit achievable by moving to the cloud. Of course we are. That's what we talk about all the time. Scalability, the faster speed to market, and cost savings are just some of the items that we talk about frequently. But when you're considering moving to the cloud, you should really take a personal examination of your goals for migrating. Are you trying to drive innovation, save money, or is it something your boss just told you to do? Well, if that's the case, you should probably do it. To maximize the value of the cloud... You have to make sure you're moving fast for the right reasons. Today, we have our very own Second Watch CEO, Doug Schneider, on the podcast with us to
0: talk just about that. Welcome, Doug, to our show. Thank you, Ian. Hello, Skip. It's Hello, nice Doug. Here. Nice to spend time with both you guys, and I will not pull the boss card on you and tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
1: Wow, we were ready to migrate, Doug. Uh, you were ready to migrate. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, No, but it's, it's, a, it's a very valid point. We're going to get into yeah. that because often, you know, we joke about that in the intro here, but we've heard that before. And, uh, you know, it's and and we we try to challenge that thinking. So today, what we're going to do is kind of get into a a discussion about the things that, Doug, you're seeing out there. And then we'll kind of balance that with Skip and I a little bit more of the the tactical in the trenches, day to day type stuff. So, you know, we're excited about this. So... Maybe a good way to, yeah. yeah, I was
2: going to say, Ian, just a good way to start, because Doug sees a lot of our customers again from the, the C-level, what have you. And uh, Doug, maybe share with our guests what you see from the drivers, really, where we are today yeah. in the state uh, would be helpful for our listeners to hear your Yeah, yeah, your I appreciate
0: I appreciate that. I was actually speaking with the CTO of one of our large clients a couple of weeks ago, and, and it was interesting in the conversation because they've been a longstanding client for a couple of years. And while we've helped them, you know, in in things like migrations and their journey, there's a growing recognition that sometimes the word migration or the word transformation seems like, you know, just a start and a stop point or a destination. And a lot of people are recognizing that it's actually, you know, more about getting into some different form of a continuous motion as a business um, that's really fueled by this new you know, operating paradigm of digital transformation with the public cloud ultimately is really being the operating system <laughs> to build your business on, you know, to get the outcomes that you're looking for. The other interesting thing about, you know, thinking about outcomes that folks are looking for, you know, when you hear this more and more again, it's about speed and flexibility and agility. I like to use the word sometimes flex agility because you can go really fast down a one-way street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can get super fast. That's great. But you need to add into that the flexibility and the agility to actually adapt with a lot of the risks that are occurring on in the world. And that's actually what people are starting to recognize. The pandemic kind of opened up that view where people are starting to appreciate that, they weren't necessarily prepared to deal with the unknowns, okay? But those that had been further in their cloud journeys and were already starting to get into this continuous motion in some sense, as transformation, they were actually able to adapt better. Mm -hmm. and continue to run faster. The last thing I'll just kind of end on, it was very interesting if, you know, we just are reinvents going on right now, obviously, the annual show with AWS. And Andy Jassy always does a phenomenal job with his keynote. And he spent a lot of time talking about kind of these core things that businesses, you know, these attributes that businesses really need to take on. And the big, big one he talked about quite a bit and emphasized was speed. Hmm. And then need to go fast, and I think people are feeling that more and more now, because of, you know, whether it's the competitive environment, whether it's a macroeconomic environment, where it's a political environment, or something completely out of your control.
2: Right. Yeah, very interesting, and it rings true. Even <clears throat> so, those are the the conversations you're having at your level, and I'll say uh, at Ian's level, and the and the pre-sale <laughs> side, and me and the delivery side. It, it all rings true. As far as the, the transformation aspect of it, you know, uh, what are some of the struggles, challenges, opportunities there that we'll say the C-suite is dealing with? And how do we, I guess, uh, you know, help our listeners look at some of these things that are, you know, give them confidence that they're the day old problem that has always been there?
0: Yeah, I think the C-suite has greater appreciation for both, not just the imperative, okay, to, you know, to start saying, hey, we've got to go tell that guy to get us to the public cloud, right? I, I think there's, you know, there's that imperative that's still there. But I think there's a greater appreciation about, you know, how do you think about being successful and that there is this aspect of, you know, the technology ultimately, in some ways is the easy part of the equation. And it's the people and the processes, as we all know, that's, that's where a lot of your risk comes into play, right? And if you think about, You know, what how you think about both strategy and tactics, you may have a great strategy, right? And you may have that strategy right, but if your execution is poor, (laughs) you know, then you still haven't succeeded. And I think there's a greater appreciation that when you think about, you know, the execution side of it and the tactic sides, the process side and the people side, people are recognizing are more and more important. The other thing that I think it's interesting too is, and this was just a a report came out from 451 Research recently on this issue of skills and people. And it it was, it basically called out, I think the data point was, is that 85% of enterprises have deficits in cloud expertise. And if you looked at the top three areas where those deficits were, it was cloud platforms, cloud native engineering, and security. And so you, you see that there's this understanding of how important those are in the execution, but there's also recognition of the gap from the people's skill standpoint. Yeah.
1: Right. So, so drilling into that further, you're talking to different executives out there and obviously we're in the cloud. I, I would say yeah. we're cloud native. So <laughs> it's a little different for us, but the counterparts out there, how are they going about trying to evangelize or solve those people problems? Because, often we see this, right? It's, yeah. it, starts, it appears to be a technical challenge, yep. but then when you dig into the why, 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 you find out it's a people challenge.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting, I think, how some people have approached it. And some, I think, that recognized this a couple of years ago, leaned into it in terms of saying, how do we actually, as an IT organization, reinvent ourselves a little bit culturally so we can attract (laughs) the type of talent that maybe is, you know, hasn't lived in the traditional world as much, but has been born in the cloud more and is really looking for certain things, you know, that they want to do in terms of how they operate inside of the company. Because what we know is, you know, if you were to take someone who's been in the traditional IT business, you know, for decades and someone who's just kind of arriving into the world coming out more from a, born in the cloud, software-oriented, and services-on-demand mindset, the way they want to (laughs) work and the things they want to do are very different. And so some people have recognized, you know, we actually have to just set ourselves up to almost look more like a startup in a way, right, and create some of that environment. And We've seen some of our clients do some really great things um, to do that to attract the right people. So that's one thing. But it's also then this notion where we see it today with our customers, where they're often looking at someone like this, which is saying, hey, don't come in here and just kind of do it for me. I need you to do it with me. <laughs> and and you need to kind of work alongside my people. So, and that And, and we embrace that because we're big believers that our job is to empower our enterprises to help them adopt, leverage, and optimize the cloud. So we embrace that. That's another thing that we see going on. It's harder... Some do obviously in that effort, try to spend, you know, re re repurpose and invest in their employees. And that can be successful to a degree, but I don't think it's just one thing. It's a combination of things.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, reInvent this year had some very interesting business focused keynotes, I believe. Yep. Yep. And, and, uh, I just have a couple of points that they, they made up here in my notes Talent that is hungry to invent. We think we, we definitely would agree with that. I love the one is acknowledgement that you can't fight gravity.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and I think the reality is this, this cloud or digital transformation is a freight train coming at a lot of people. They're probably terrified of it. And yeah, and I, and I do like our model as well. Skippy talked about doing it with them. Yeah. You know, I think we have to upskill everybody, the whole workforce. To some yeah, degree. we agree.
0: And this is an interesting point because I, I think there's uh, also here's where uh, I think organizationally there's there's broader understanding, too, is often when people talk about the cloud, they just think about it from a technical dimension or an operating dimension. And the reality is the cloud is a whole new kind of, again, consumption-based model. And so there's this whole financial dimension too that people are trying to adapt to and figure out. And I think what we've all recognized in our business with our clients and the way we've approached it, we've always looked at those three things, the financial, the technical, and the operating dimension as highly dynamic and very interrelated. (laughs) And you've got to kind of think about your transformation along those three dimensions, too. Yeah, good, good drivers all around there. How about some
2: uh, the problems that you mitigate once you get there? Let's talk about that, right? So, we're trying to give confidence to the C-suite, and you know, down my level where I'm in the trenches every day with uh, delivering this. You know, it's a battle. But from your perspective, Doug, you know what's the what's the convincing argument or the talk track around the problems? You know, migrating. Uh, to the cloud. Once you're there, that we solve really at the end of the day. If you if you think about it from a executive level, a C suite what's yeah. the what's the yeah,
0: yeah. so a couple of things one you know i'd say there's a broad category of just how are you helping me mitigate risk as i continue to kind of pursue these outcomes i'm looking for in my business and and some of that risk mitigation helps start getting at solving problems that you used to have before <laughs> um, so right. some of those problems could be things like how are you quickly scaling your resources to deal with increasing demand that might be unexpected if you start to have some success with a particular application Or how you actually really dealing with, hey, my budget is fixed, (laughs) but I need to... You know, invest in other areas. So what am I going to say no to or what am I going to gain some efficiencies from? And actually what the cloud can do for you is make you more efficient, right? It can either decrease some of the inputs into the prior services you were doing or increase your outputs and effectiveness because you're just able to get better scalability with the the cloud services that you have. So it does address this problem of how do I keep scaling without having to invest super heavily to achieve that scale? The other big one, too, that you just can't underestimate, and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier, is this, again, this notion of innovation and how do we get into position so we can actually innovate faster? And that's something that a lot of businesses, it's a problem that everybody has is how do we continue to innovate faster. And sometimes you don't know (laughs) what that innovation should be. But if you've actually gotten into the public cloud and more of this continuous cadence and a digital transformation, you're then in position to adapt and deal with those. Um, So that solves that problem of kind of addressing the unknowns and the changes that you just don't know are going to happen on the road ahead.
2: What about I, I know you? Uh, well, you, Ian, and I all talked yesterday separately, but yeah, um, yeah. but just about data strategy, right? Is yeah. is is a
0: is a thing. Talk about that a little bit from from your perspective. Yeah, I, I actually think we're getting into this next wave, almost where um, a lot of the digital transformation motion was. You know, a lot of it started with infrastructure modernization. I'll just say. Mm you know, at a base level. And that's where, you know, AWS started was infrastructure as a service. And and now you're starting to see kind of these two other paths start to accelerate. There's the application modernization uh, because people are evolving, hey, migration is about lift and shift. It's, it's, not, it's just lift and evolve plus, right? Help me continue to kind of get even deeper with my applications and being more cloud native. And then that actually has this tangential relationship. Well, guess what? There's a lot of data right. tied to those applications so as you push more on trying to say, how are we going to modernize our applications, you cannot avoid (laughs) the issue of looking at your database architectures and how you're leveraging that data. And so in some sense, they're both interconnected, but they can also be on their own kind of separate transformation journey in a way. And I think what we're really starting to see is people are recognizing the importance now of saying, you know what? I have to actually start really getting more strategic and thoughtful around my cloud transformation with my whole data footprint, whether it's the underlying architecture or the top level analytics layer.
1: Yeah, this this is uh, the data side goes so broad and deep. Yeah. I think it's a cornerstone of getting it right. You know, we're talking about database modernization, getting out from, you know, long-term licensing agreements, getting some flexibility yeah. there. But at the same time, re-engineering the whole data structure to, to really, you know, we're starting to see customers monetize their data, which they've never yeah. considered doing before. So uh, I'm very excited about that one. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a... Uh, not only can you save some money, but it looks like you can actually drive innovation and potentially customer value and revenue at the same time.
0: Yeah. And I think people are really starting to appreciate that, that you can actually unlock value in that data that was maybe just consumed internally in a very siloed way. And particularly as people are starting to modernize their application footprint and decompose those applications with microservices, the reality is data starts to become this backbone and glue that's kind of pulled from and fed into a lot of different applications. And that's how you start to monetize it either directly or indirectly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. I know it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I actually wish it was easier, but that's, I guess if it was easier, maybe we wouldn't have as much business as we have. <laughs> hey, okay. yeah. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 We have a lot of work so, to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's, and I think that's, you know, uh, we were just kind of retrace what we were talking about. One of, I think, the challenges with the public cloud, I mean, it creates so much opportunity, but as we talked about those three dimensions, you know, the, the public cloud is constantly changing. I mean, just look at what happened at reInvent this past couple of weeks with all the new announcements. And I think that's just both the dilemma and the opportunity for enterprises is you're not only trying to transform from where you were to kind of some other state, But that state is constantly changing on you. And so that's where it's this motion about it's not an event for you. It's really about getting to a continuous motion in a digital transformation.
1: So we often run into a situation with some of the the people that we deal with at customers, and they may be a director or senior level type person in in engineering. What they struggle with is they know these things need to be done. They see the future but they have a hard time articulating the value to the executives. Do you yeah. feel as though, you know, what are the, the hot buttons that they should be drilling in? Is it cost savings, the innovation, new revenue opportunities? Yeah.
0: It, I'm going to say the cost savings is the least important one. Hmm. And, and and I'm going to say the cost savings is more about repurposing Of dollars to help you achieve those other things. So, you know, what all companies are starving for at the end, not starving for, but at the end of the day, a lot of companies are really focused on, you know, three things how do I get, grow, and keep my customers? (laughs) And a lot of that comes back down to, you know, how are you innovating um, to give them new experiences, to sell them new products and services and also delight them with your services and products so they stay. And so that ultimately is really the, the core folks. And that's really more being put on, you know, because IT is evolving from being thought of as a cost center to a business enabler. Right. And so it is less about how are you going to save money here, you know, IT organization. It's really more about, no, how are you going to empower the business to, to get new customers, to keep the customers we have and, and grow them more.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to repeat that one more time because that is a great way of framing that up. So it's to keep, grow, and obtain new customers.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, any bit, it's about getting customers, keeping them, and growing them. Okay, so. Okay, so it's a
1: little tactical advice to some of our audience yeah. that struggles with this. I think that's putting together a business case around those three elements is yes. probably the key to uh, top drive this project line over bottom
2: line. Really, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And then
0: some of the way you may get at that is you're able to repurpose some of the where you were spending your money before, you know, to help go achieve those things. So to me, the cost savings things is more of a tactic about how you achieve the strategic things, which right. are really about how to get keep and grow your customers.
1: So let's kind of go into a, a, an anti-question about the cloud right now. It's mm. is it always the right answer?
0: You know, not always. Um, uh, you know, we'd like to obviously we're 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 always biased ourselves as a born of the cloud solutions provider. So, but I'd even say for us, we we sometimes know it's not always the answer, um, and it sometimes could be it's not the the, the answer right now, <laughs> and it could be that there's just some other things that you know, need to get addressed or dealt with first. And sometimes those are people-related things or process-related things. But, you know, again, you can't think of it as the cloud is the answer because it's really, again, it's the technology operating system platform (laughs) that everyone's kind of going to. But even if you deploy it, I mean, it's an enabler to help you get the answers that you want. Yeah
2: what about um so if you look at that just to extend that a little farther the potential risks really of of migrating there would have you know again from from your vantage point you know um, i could get technical yeah. all day that i do you know, but uh, uh,
0: yeah uh, yeah and you guys you guys can address the technical things better than, yeah. than i could but i do you know what i do believe in general you know the risks that used to be thought of in there years ago are different, right? There used to be greater concerns, you know, out of the gate around just, Oh, putting production workloads, you know, or are they going to really do what they need to do? So I think the risk in some ways get back to, you have to think about day two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's what we all recognize as well is that some people, when they're kind of going through this stuff, you can kind of say, Hey, we've arrived, we've done this transformation, but, We know day two is always there and it's kind of like, how are you going to kind of continue to leverage and optimize what you're doing with the public cloud in a day two perspective in the backdrop of having this constant change? The other risks that are really real, candidly, are security and compliance, all right? And that's where, you know, people just have to have a, this is where, you know, the skill set issue comes into play. And there's this aspect of people, existing associates in your company needing to learn, but also kind of sometimes they're learning by doing and learning by making mistakes, which is okay, right? But some of the learn by doing can create risk. Um, When you think about just your own security and compliance posture in the public cloud, and we see that often that it's not, it's kind of something wasn't configured or architected the right way. It's not that the public cloud isn't secure or isn't compliant? It's the way it was configured or architected that has created the risk, right? Which is the
2: you know the adage I use a lot of times is it's not the panacea of all things. You would have had that on prem as well, right? So again, yeah. it's uh, yeah, yeah. So well, well stated, Doug. Thank you. Yeah.
1: So one of the last things I'd like to ask you, Doug, kind of put you on the spot here, mm-hmm. is thinking of
0: 2021.
1: <laughs> do you have any predictions about the uh, state of digital transformations?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, earth shattering, but the more people I talk to, there is this growing feeling that things are just going to accelerate, right? And I think, you know, people are now, you know, putting in, I think they'll probably accelerate more too, once people sort out just, you know, kind of what the new normal is (laughs) um, coming out of the pandemic, and they've kind of got different budgets kind of out there to deal with that. But by and far, there is a general feeling that, you know, people are going to accelerate their digital transformations. They're also going to think about risk differently, okay? And what I mean by that, you know, before if you still had your own data center doing stuff, if anything, the pandemic has highlighted the question of why. Why do we have that? People can't get into it. I can't, you know, maybe get the access. You know, so there's there's definitely – You know, the risk profile in terms of enterprises looking at what do we strategically keep doing ourselves versus what do we outsource because there's a different risk profile for us to think about that in-source versus outsource decision now. So I think they're going to rely a bit more on others where they can and get very more focused on what's strategically core to the business. And at the end of the day, a lot of the answer is in the application and the data layer for the business.
2: Makes sense. Makes sense. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well,
1: well, thank you, everybody. Skip, always yeah. good to see your smiling face. Hey,
2: likewise, Ian and Doug. Thank you very, very yeah. much for joining. Yeah,
1: us. Yeah, Skip enjoyed it. And Ian, thank you, too. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us at cloudcrunch at secondwatch.com with your comments, questions, and ideas. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Cloud Crunch with Ian Willoughby and Skip Berry. For more information, check out the blog, secondwatch.com slash company slash blog, or reach out to Second Watch on Twitter.